beautiful beings and welcome to another episode of the Plant Lady Podcast. I am so excited and honored to welcome on a male guest today, Devin Fredrickson. Not only is he a men's coach, but he is a conscious leader on the social media world where he is just spreading so much insight and awareness around sacred sexuality and healthy masculinity. Today we dive into all of the topics, including sacred partnership, porn addiction, and so much more. I cannot wait to share this episode and I hope you all enjoy. Hello. Yeah, let's just hop right into it today. So um, if you want to go ahead and just start with just introducing us to you, who you are, what you do, what you offer, and all that good stuff. Wonderful. Well, just thanks for having me on here. My name is Devin Fredrickson. I'm born and raised on the beautiful island of Maui. And underneath it all, I'm a human being. I'm here to celebrate this embodiment of being in a human body on earth this time around. And that celebration is in so many ways. It's very much related to the sensual, sexual aspect of being in a body and being connected to the senses, my sight, my taste, my hearing, my touch, ability to feel and, and then experience the world in that place and, and engage and participate with life because I, I feel that life it wants to be engaged with and wants to be interacted with, whether that's humans or the plants or trees or other animals or birds or whatever it is. Life is here, the sun, the elements, the water. And what I do for a profession or what I do in exchange for monetary value or exchange for energy is I'm a men's coach and I work with men to help them reclaim their sexuality to live a life of power, passion, purpose, and play. I work with couples and help them to reawaken and recreate love in their life and just find that harmony. I am a private chef and I work with local organic regenerative foods to help people remember the beauty and gift of food to fall back in love with food. I'm a community builder. I'm a regenerative farmer and consultant to help consult with regenerative agriculture and permaculture. And I'm, I'm a community builder at the core of it, to gather, to remember, to be part of a community. And yeah, there's a, there's a very strong conviction and devotion to give and to serve and to live on purpose. And at the same time to celebrate this life because it's such a gift. There's that much time that we have, that we all have, and no one knows how much that time is. And just to, to fully receive and celebrate this life. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being here. And you know the way that I found you on Instagram, because I noticed the way that you kind of showed up for the divine masculine in a lot of ways yeah. that I think is very quieted in our society. And so yeah. to see, you know, like this male figure coming up and talking about a lot of these things that is a bit taboo to talk about, or maybe is, you know, not a conversation that is normally had really spoke out to me because, you know, it's very powerful when we can come on to um, this social media platform and really speak those truths and lift the veil mm -hmm. and be like, you're not alone and me too. And one of the things that when I came to your page that um, really intrigued me was the porn addiction and how this is maybe not a conversation. I think it's starting to be normalized to talk about a little bit more, I'm noticing, but it is a pretty mm -hmm. deep 
conversation and I am here to hold the space for it and talk about, you know, your viewpoints and maybe some things that you talk about on your page because I love the way that you speak with so much integrity and just wisdom and with, you know, your experience and being a male in this world. And I feel like we both can, you know, give so much on that on the feminine and the masculine side. It's really, I definitely believe it's a crisis that we're facing because there's so many components to it that we don't have, we, we have enough research yet for many people, there isn't enough actual data to show them, Hey, this is not really good, even though there is. And porn addiction addresses the, the chemical and psychological component, which gets us up into our head. And that's the biggest issue is that when we only get into our head, we deny the wisdom of our body. And a lot of men who come to work with me are stuck up in their head premature ejaculation, performance anxiety, a lot erectile dysfunction, a lot of these issues are coming from an overactive brain and an addicted brain that is getting dopamine addiction and dopamine floods when someone looks at pornography, but does not know that that actually creates more of a demand, more of an addiction over time. The more and more that someone looks at pornography, it actually draws them further and further into it. And there's there's a line in this song by brother ali and i can't remember the exactness of it but paraphrasing it he says something along the lines of pornography or porn's getting nastier and the only reason it is is because there are individuals who are clicking that and they're they're looking for that and that that is occurring because of the dopamine addiction that men and women are experiencing mostly men but i've learned that a lot of women actually have porn addiction and challenges as well which was really surprising for me. Why I just only thought it was men and then realized that that was not the case. And I learned that back in like 2014, it was really apparent to me. And so the issue with porn addiction is that it's taking us out of our body. It's taking us out of our experience that is in this body. And I'm not saying that the brain is bad. The brain is a powerful tool that can support us, that can help us. But it would only be, it would, if I only focus on the brain, then I deny all the other parts of my body. And the, the information and the addiction and the programming that come from pornography, that, that, that is basically the sexual education that most of America is getting. And porn goes back and forth between the number one or the number two most searched item on the internet, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the ease of access and the, the new technology that we have of screens and high definition and high mm-hmm. uh, refresh rate or high screen replacement rate and the flashing and what that does on a neurological, physiological level to our body is it, it's literally like we are living the experience. Mm-hmm. When someone, at least if someone is looking at pornographic videos. If we go back in like the early 1900s and stuff like that, when, when magazines started coming out with naked, with nudity, the reason why that, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying at that time, it was not to the extent that it is now because it's just a, it's a picture that you can look at and then, okay, yes, I can fantasize, but I have to be in my body. 
-hmm. Whereas now children, because children are having cell phones, children can get access to this. And I, I was exposed when I was six years old. And that really, it affected my life for a lot of years. It's, it's interesting. I was just telling my friend yesterday when I was driving back with him two nights ago on Monday night, I had an insane urge to go look at pornography again. And I'm that it, it kept on coming in and pursuing. And it was, it was just crazy to feel that again, where I was like, wait, I'm, I'm so excited and stoked to go home to my partner and all these things. And and that just kept on coming in. And, and I'm grateful to have the tools now and have enough time away from it to know I don't want that. And that's just a past pattern that happened a lot. And, and it's the ease. It's like, oh, I could just get my computer and just real quick. And it's like, well, that's part of the issue, the real quick. Oh, let me just real quick. It's like, that's happening everywhere. Let me just really quickly go do this. Let me really quickly go drive and do this. Let me really quickly warm something up in the microwave. Let me really quickly go look at pornography. Like all of the ease and the convenience has, has hyper-programmed us to instantaneous gratification and wanting that. And so that's a whole nother topic as well, because to me, it's related to the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and this is one component that I continuously bring forward is, is our sexual, our sexuality is intricately connected to our relationship with the earth. And so there's, there's so many pieces within pornographic addiction that it affects relationships. And it's, I think the biggest piece is to, for both sides to remember to be compassionate because it is, it's like a drug. It literally is not like it is a drug. Yeah. And we don't yell and scream at someone who is dealing with a drug addiction. If we can approach them with love and compassion and have a very clear boundary saying, Hey, I love you. I want to support this. And knowing what, because every person's going to have a different recognition of their own worth. Are they worthy of someone who will not do that at all? Or they're worthy of supporting them to help them move through it, whatever it may be. And at the core of it, it's a, it's an addiction that we have to recognize and we can, once it's once there's an awareness that hey this has been a habit this has been addiction at that point forward it's choice choice yeah absolutely i'm not it's it's not necessarily an easy choice Mm -hmm. it's still choice Mm -hmm. and if someone wants to attempt to say hey i'm woke hey i have awareness whatever it may be okay well now there's no blaming except ownership and responsibility for the self to shift that so yeah, that's a topic that could just be continuously explored for a lot because on the other spectrum of it, what's happening is the youth, because I'm super passionate about working with the youth as well. The youth are being affected in a way where they think that that's what sex looks like mm-hmm. because it's so suppressed. It's not talked about. We aren't given any information about our own bodies, let alone the awareness to say, hey, enjoy and celebrate your body because there are certain individuals who know that a sexually liberated and embodied population cannot be easily controlled. So we can tune into that when we want. <laughs> when, when children are accessing this and seeing that that's the way, I, I remember reading this article a few years ago that blowjobs are now like the new kiss. Like teenage girls are feeling the expectation and pressure mm-hmm. that they have to give a guy a blowjob that that's like a kiss wild and 
the standards that it's setting, like, and, and again, because it's been in existence for a while, the, the availability of really raunchy, weird videos are out there. So like what that's doing to our population, I, I think we need to be very intentional with what we're creating and giving access to children because at, at age eight, I knew how to swipe a computer. I knew how to clear my tracks. I knew how to do all of those things mm -hmm. because I was being trained in school with technology and computers. And I got sent to an amazing, um, an amazing computer camp to like train me. And I learned how to do all of that. So if children are learning all these ways, rather than being having authentic, honest conversations, avoiding it is not helping the situation. So we've got to like everything that's across the board, we've got to lean into it and meet it and allow ourselves to feel it all and still show up and be present with it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. But absolutely. I mean, a lot of boys and their first sexual initiation is from porn. And to think about how that how far along, like, like you were saying, it is a domino effect, because then later on in your life, you know, maybe you're getting a partner, getting in a relationship, and now you're noticing all of these, you know, expectations, you know, the performance and all of yeah. the things that arise when you are presented with those in those in-person situations because you're so addicted to something that is not real and not tangible. And I read something the other day, like you were saying how it gets us in our head. It was a quote that was saying that, you know, when you're feeling a certain type of way or feeling like all these emotions, ask, you know, reach out and maybe even as hard as it may sound, reach out and ask someone how they are doing because that will get you out of your head and into your heart space and really allow you to be able to drop back into your body and say, okay, what am I feeling? Like other people are experiencing things too. And to be able to really mm -hmm. say, normalize this conversation and to be able to just say simply like, Hey, me too. Maybe, you know, I don't need to give you advice or do this or do that or show up in any other way than just simply being like, I understand where you're at and, and I'm, you know, right there, there with you. But thank you so much for sharing all of this. This conversation really goes goes so so deep and I have a lot of you know sisters who maybe are in relationships who are um who have said to me you know me too or I, I've experienced this too but I haven't I would have never have known if I hadn't brought up the conversation or if, you know people like you wouldn't have spoke up on social media so I think it is so so important that we continue to share our truths and speak up on the reality of what what it, this is and what this is causing you know our youth to to think and these expectations and you know even women with um you know young girls with makeup and you know like this this beautiful expectation that they're trying to meet of like what the beauty standard is and the filters on instagram and mm -hmm. um, i think the porn addiction goes just hand in hand with the social media you know like the little amounts of dopamine of going on the going on there and scrolling and clicking and liking and thumbs up and this and it's a, an addiction to go on there and have that easy access and be able to just go and click and um, maybe sexually bypass you know what you're experiencing or it's like like you said it is like a drug because you know when you're experiencing those emotions rather than sitting with them and honoring kind of listening to what your body is saying to you it's a lot easier to go right back into the headspace and kind of just bypass maybe what's really going on on a deeper emotional level. Yeah. And, and what's so interesting 
And what, what came up for me when you were sharing that is the, the, the byproducts that come from that instant gratification, that ease is actually opposing what most of these men want. Most of these men are getting programmed to think a certain way when they have that capacity within their body. They have that capacity to show up in those ways, to make love in those ways. But they're being shown this is how you do it rather than having that personal connection with the body and that exploration and that curiosity to actually engage. And then what it does is it actually has way more adverse effects and it causes all of the challenges and issues that men are facing like premature ejaculation and performance anxiety because again they're up in their head they don't know their body they don't know how to navigate the emotional upwelling of sensation and pleasure and they don't know how to navigate that and if there are pain pains in their body they don't know how to navigate that either and so it's taking us further away from our experience and and isolating our own selves from our bodies and from what we feel and what we can experience and this energy, this life force that we have in us is our most powerful capacity. That is the power that's in you, that's in me. It's not something that like has to happen. Like the power that it just is in all of us. We are that creative energy, that life force. And it's up to us to step back into that responsibility to create the lives that we want, to recognize Hey, if I want more pleasure in my life, I have to do that. If I want to make love to my partner and, and ravish her and watch her be in pleasure and like receive all of that, I have to do my work. I have to understand how to sustain myself. I have to understand how to be able to witness her in pleasure and be present with that and not let that take me away into my head, out of my body and all of these things. And so the biggest piece with all of this work with porn addiction, with working with men and sexuality and couples and helping them reawaken to love is the awareness that it's all within that we are the creators of our reality. We have to, we have to choose what I have to choose what I want. You have to choose what you want and whoever's listening has to choose the life that you live. Because like I said, there is, there are no habits because habits are just unconscious. So once I bring awareness to it from that point forward, it's a choice. And that's where we also need to do stuff. Like you said, we need to have support just because it's a choice. I'm not making that. I'm like, Oh yes, that's so easy. No, it's simple yet profound. And it requires a lot of intention and effort. And to me, that's the whole reason why I'm here talking to you is to remind us to remind you who's listening that you have the power inside you already and you have the capacity to make that shift, to make that change. And that's why I do what I do is because there were times where the only, the only person that gives away my power is me. No one can take it from me because it's, it just is inherent, just like it's inherent with you. And it's, it's up to me, it's up to you, it's up to us to step back into that reclamation, to step back into that saying yes to life, saying yes to that power that's inside of us. Absolutely. And knowing that it is understanding that it is a sacred, such a sacred balance and dance between both 
divine feminine and the masculine because what I've started to notice as you know a lot of women are kind of reclaiming that root space and reclaiming their power and their wildness which is so beautiful and so beautiful to witness but I'm also noticing this um, underlying kind of toxic pattern of the well all men are bad because of the experiences that I've had or because of the toxic cycles that I've continued to manifest that they don't know that they're manifesting but they are and um i really started to notice a lot of my sisters who have fallen fallen into those just patterns of saying things like that and it's kind of made me step back and sit with that and think of okay well if you know this work is happening on the feminine side well it has to be an equal balance in order for us all to rise and come together so this like constant phrase of saying this and this way of believing is only going to continue to create these types of relationships and continue to call in these types of men into your life and i really wanted to talk about that today because i think that that's a hard that's hard for some some people to you know click and it can go on both sides of you know because we're doing work on on this side for you know the feminine doesn't mean like we still have to and that's kind of why I took the shift in my podcast. You know, I had all these beautiful female guests on that have so much beautiful wisdom to share, but I've really started to step in from that moment of, okay, what can, how can I hold space for a divine masculine to come on and share their stories and share their side and really start to reclaim both of these, you know, divine masculine and feminine energies because they reside within each of us and we have to heal both in order for us, you know, to all grow. Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because, again, this is coming back to the life force. This comes back to the awareness that we all have the power to create our reality. Mm-hmm. If I'm saying all men are bad and all men are unconscious, all men are this or that or spiritual fuckboys or flowboys or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. What's funny is those individuals are wanting to call in divine partnership. Mm-hmm. They're wanting to call in that sacred union. And it's like, okay, how can you call in a sacred union when you say all men are bad? You've already cut out your, you've, you've closed your openness to that man because you've said all men. So it doesn't matter if there is a man who is everything that you want, you've already projected that onto him and your unconscious reality is, is already manifested. And so it's coming from a place of, of victimhood. It's coming from a place of experience. It's coming from a place of obviously going through experiences that did not feel good, that were not supportive. And it happened. And we're right here. Yes, it's traumatic. Yes, it can be challenging. And if I hold on to that story, then I carry that and I have to justify it rather than saying, okay, that happened holy shit, that's intense. Maybe I have to cry for a year for something that happened. And I'm also not going to stay in that story and stay stuck in it. Maybe that means I'm going to find a group of women. Maybe that means I'm going to find a mentor, a coach, a therapist. Maybe that means I'm going to find an accountability sister who I can check in with multiple times, like whatever that looks like. It's, you can shift it. You can change it. And I experienced that and I call that out in men too. When they say, oh, all women are, are this or that, or the, all the major projections are stereotypes. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Or if I'm talking to women and then they say that, I'm like, well, you're talking about every man and I'm right here. So I don't allow myself to be placed in that category. You can think that, but like, I'm going to stand up for myself and other men that I know, because I know there's a lot of us who are doing it. 
And, and here's, here's the craziest piece for me. Underneath all of this, people are acting out of love. Even people who are hurting others, even people who are going crazy, or we may have major proje projections and judgments about them, underneath that, there is love. So there's a, there's, a, there's a delicate balance between staying in that divine masculine protector energy of saying, I'm not going to tolerate that. That's not cool. And there's also that the divine feminine, the earth mother energy, who supports all of us, humanity. And even though we're messing up our own capacity to survive and live here on earth, she still is giving to us. And so there's that divine feminine love of like, hey, I still know that underneath your actions, yes, you may be really hurt and you're coming from a place of hurt. Underneath that is love. So how can we all recognize and remember that divinity that is in us? Because we're all alive. We all have that spark of creation inside of us. And there's been so much separation and segregation of humans against humans. And we have the collective power together to shift just like that. We can change things. And it's, it comes back to the, the awareness of choice. Do I want to create this reality and say, hey, all men are bad. Hey, all women are bad because I'm using my life force energy to create, to project out into the world. Or do I want to say, I've had some challenging experiences that have been hard for me and I know what I want. I want to open to love. I want to call in that divine partnership. So that's what I'm going to focus on. And so that's what I work with a lot of my clients is, is helping them break out of those patterns and habits, bring awareness to it, and then learn how to choose where they direct their energy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I feel that the, that obviously we really do have that choice to be a victim or to choose to not be a victim. And I think that especially uh, right now in our times that it's very easy to fall into playing the role of the victim and all of the things, because there is a lot of heaviness. That's a lot of things that are being thrown our way and a lot of curveballs. And we can every moment choose to be that victim and choose to be like, shit, these were the cards I was dealt and it sucks. And we can grow from that or continue to repeat those cycles. And what came up for me when you were saying that is knowing when to call in both, like you were saying, like, within ourselves, knowing when there's that time to, you know, defend ourselves, speak our truth and speak up and not bite our tongue, but also knowing when it's the time to maybe just listen and be just that shoulder that someone can lean on and um, maybe asking, you know, what, how can I show up for you in this moment? And I think that that's super, a super important point to make when, if um, like the listener, if someone is going through porn addiction in a relationship and that's something that is surfacing, knowing, you know, that it's not always a 50 50 percentage that sometimes it can be 7 30 you know sometimes it can be a little bit there has to be that room to just flow and move and like the waves just always shifting and being able to know when maybe when is the time to hold more space and to just be the person that listens and knowing when you know the time for you to get out what's on your chest and for you to speak and for you to talk and speak your truth and so that's really what came up for me the importance of that balance in situations like this where you are choosing to grow within that sacred partnership and really grow through these heavy things that we're faced with in our society because it is heavy yeah and and that's 
that's where the power comes from. When I allow myself to feel, because the feelings are, are merely indicators, mirrors, and highlighters of, hey, this is going on. Okay, wow, I really need to feel this right now. Okay, now that I feel it, I can now choose to act rather than acting from that place of feeling. And oh, this, is, this is the work. This is our journey is we are here to feel. We are here to feel and not be stuck in the feeling because animals go through challenging traumatic states all the time. If a deer gets chased by a mountain lion or a tiger or a lion, or just if an animal that is being hunted by a predator, if they make it away, they literally will shake and convulse. They'll just allow themselves to shake and convulse and then they'll just go right back to what they're doing. And so we have the same capacity. We can go through a really intense experience and I can really breathe deeply. I can go and shake and dance it out. Maybe if I need to yell or like hit something, whatever it may be, a lot of times I'll do that away. I'll take space for my partner. So that way she doesn't see that rage and like scare her. And it's not that I'm trying to like hide something from her. I just, I've learned over time that there's times to share certain things and there's times for me to process on my own. And the discernment between is this a time to lean in and open or is this a time to lean into myself to then be able to come back and lean in. And I think one, one piece that's really fascinating from my experience when you said the sternness of the masculine, I think that that's a, a big piece that, that I really like to work on with men a lot is our, our power actually is rooted in our capacity to be gentle because we don't need to prove our strength. That's coming from a place of lack of worthiness of like a man who needs to prove his strength, a man who needs to bat his chest and say, hey, look at me, rather than knowing his strength, knowing his capacity to destroy and not needing to do that, knowing his capacity to hurt something, to kill something, to hunt something and not doing that. And that can be applied in so many realms. That can be applied in the bedroom. That can be applied or just in intimate sexual experiences where a man has that power. And, and I, I speak to more man-woman dynamics because that's my orientation and the way that I relate. So just know that whenever I say that, ma masculine feminine energy can apply to anyone. It doesn't have to be just a man and a woman. So for me, when I am with my partner, like standing in that power, that ability to go be very intense, but to know like, what's that edge? And same in other conversations, like if there's something that's happening, okay, how can I be powerful? How can I stand in my strength and my power and not need to destroy what's in front of me? And I think that there's been a big misconception around men and, and needing to prove our strength rather than coming together as men and knowing that iron sharpens iron, man sharpens man. So that's where I can prove my strength. That's where I can come up and, and, and train with my brother and like combine our bodies and we can hit each other and we can feel that strength and we still get to have that love because I'm not gonna, I don't wanna kill him. He's my, he's my good brother. Like I want to love him and I want him to show me where I can improve. And we don't need to bring that 
that power struggle or that need to prove to the relational space if, if that romantic, romantic partner is there. And I think that that has happened a lot. And so I actually think that like the like the stern mother, like the mother bear who's protecting her child, like that's the sternness. That's the, like the mom who will do whatever she will put her life on the line. That's where the power comes from. And the masculine is like that space holder, the gentleness that stands in his strength that knows when he's needed, he will then attack, defend, protect, whatever that is, but he doesn't need to prove it. And so I think that that's a big piece for us is men can learn to be way more gentle. And it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm demasculating myself and, and just taking everything away and, and losing all of my strength. It's just like, no, how can I learn how to be very direct? How can I learn how to be really clear? Because in that clarity, I can be gentle. And if I slow down, and if I soften my voice, but I still get very direct and I fill the space even more, my experience is both men and women can feel, can feel that. And then I get to now be really deliberate and my deliberateness can ground it. It can guide it. It can say, hey, I'm right here. Wow. Thank you. Mic drop. <laughs> that was potent thank you so much for for sharing that i feel because i do feel our society has kind of conditioned us a bit to wave away from that truth of what the you know that masculine is in a grounded state and in my relationship and my partnership i experience you know i tell my partner all the time that he keeps me so grounded i truly feel he is you know that roots and that foundation that i can go to when you know i'm kind of wavering in between the waves of emotion and all of the things and vice versa you know we can both root down and really hold that like mm -hmm. grounding grounding space so i absolutely love that you said that and i think it circles back to what you said at the beginning of this episode about how it all kind of comes down to our relationship with the earth and that's how it is reflected in our society and i feel we've become so disconnected from this you know, from our land, from, you know, getting our hands in the dirt and just being one with the earth and just embodying it all and taking it all in. And the more that we can invite that in and the more that we can start to nurture that connection, which I'm slowly seeing in our society, you know, that desire to want to reconnect and reclaim and, you know, relearn all of the things that we weren't taught that we should have been taught and um, be able to reflect that into our own personal work and and doing the work and how we show up and and um i would love for you to tell us what are some of your um if you have any some of your just like self-love practices that you either do on your own or that you recommend maybe for men that you worked with or relation you know partnerships that you work with um in regards to anything it can be you know what you do on your free time or I noticed that you mentioned, you know, with rage, with letting out like that rageful emotion, we can punch pillows and scream and maybe take that space away. So maybe something along those lines of any practices you found resonance in. Yeah, I love that. So there's just touching on that piece and you're talking about rage, there's anger and then there's aggression. So anger is, <sighs> I'm, I'm fucking angry right now. Like I feel angry aggression is when that's turned towards myself when i start hating myself when i start having negative self-talk and all those things or i come out another person and i raise my voice and i yell so there's a difference there's times where aggression 
may be more necessary where I have to get aggressive in my expression to really hold a boundary. But I don't really think that that's ever necessary if someone is doing the work to ensure the authentic expression is, is open and continued. So when I'm angry, most of the times I just need to move. Most of the times if I also, if I just say it, if I just say, hey, I'm angry, it really helps me to get into the awareness. Again, it's coming back to the choice. Okay, wow, I'm angry. Okay, what am I gonna do with this? Let me just say, I'm angry. Let me just normalize expressing what I'm feeling. Because if I hide it, then it starts to smolder, then it starts to burn inside. And so a way that I like to do that, one is just simply practice it. Like I, you, I can look in the mirror, look in the mirror right there and say, hey, I'm angry. And like, just look at myself and feel what comes up. Mirror work is just a beautiful practice anyway, because most of the times, if we didn't have mirrors, we would be looking at the world and not really looking at ourselves. So it's a beautiful re reminder to remember that we find ourselves in the world, that it's not necessarily really about ourselves, but we learn about ourselves through the world. And we have these mirrors. So if I judge myself or if I have negative views towards my body, I can look in the mirror and, and recreate and re-welcome in that relationship with my body and myself. So mirror work is powerful, telling yourself, I love you and just looking in the mirror and seeing what comes up and saying it over and over and until you fully believe it, until you know that. And again, you have to feel it all. So a big practice that I like to do and remind of clients of mine is just set a time, set time aside each day or multiple times a week to just give yourself the space to feel. And that can look like laying down, that can look like going on a hike and finding a sit spot or a mirror or whatever it is and just tune, closing your eyes and just giving yourself a body scan and just checking in and being like, is there anywhere that hurts in my body? And, and expanding that awareness. Is there anything that feels good in my body? And the more and more that one does that, you start to practice and develop more awareness with yourself. And you start to be able to sense and get to know, oh, wow, I'm feeling a lot of tension in my gut. What's, what's there? And then we'll know. Because so much of our awareness comes from our body, not the brain. The brain's that reception center. So I get to feel, wow, there's tightness on my low back. What's there? Oh, wow, that's my support center. Maybe I'm not supported in life right now. What's going on? Why do I not feel supported? And it just gives such an insight so I can actually listen to the messages that are coming from my body because that's where the consciousness is. All of my cells, everything that's in this body and other pieces make up that consciousness. So it's like, if I'm not listening to my hamstrings, if I'm not listening to the blood flow, if I'm not listening to my organs, I'm not listening to myself. So really giving one space, oneself the space to feel is a super powerful practice. And then, like you said, the earth, like this keeps on coming back to find a nature ritual, mm -hmm. find a space where you can go out into nature, find a space where you can go outside. And there are certain individuals who've been like, well, what if I live in the city? Go find a rock, go find a stick, go find something that you can hold on to and, and just have that physical touch. Okay, maybe you may be in a concrete jungle and you're in a challenged situation. Okay, that's not bad. 
you have to be the proactive one and go find a rock, go find a tree. Maybe you have to like explore your area and maybe it's just been the limitation of so many people saying, oh my God, concrete jungles are bad. So let's, let's shift that because if I stay in an awareness that I'm lacking, the universe is going to give me an abundance of lack. There is nothing lacking in life. What we're lacking is just the awareness. If I'm not appreciative of what's in front of me, then I'm going to get an abundance of unappreciation. If I'm complaining and annoyed and thinking that things aren't working out, then everything that happens comes from that place. And if I'm grateful, if I'm grateful for this opportunity to share with you and come in here with gratitude, I'm going to be way more open rather than like, oh, I have to know what I'm going to say. No, I, I know what to say simply by listening, simply by being tuned in and tapped in. So if I'm grateful to see trees outside of my friend's space that I'm staying in before I go back to Maui and I walk out of his place and I then find more trees, I'm grateful for that rather than like, oh my gosh, I'm in Los Angeles and oh, life is here. And I am where I am. If I don't like it, I get to get up and move it. Life is here, continuously giving a platter saying, here you go, Devin. Do you really want to, do you really want to live life? So an attitude of gratitude can change the entire world. And I know it, it will, and it can, and it has. So that's a beautiful practice is to tune into your, what, where's your attitude? Where's your awareness at? And another self-love practice is to learn to touch your body. Learn to just get back in connection to your senses because our senses are our awareness. That's, that's our nature. Like I get to feel my skin. I get to feel what that feels like. I get to touch my face. I can massage myself. I can feed myself food. I can give myself a bath. I can go and wash myself in water. I can stand in the sun and feel the sun on my body. And, and as I'm saying this, it's all connected. Like I'm talking about my body and then I'm like, oh, the sun, the water, the elements, earth. Oh, that's right. Like my existence is connected to nature. We are a part of nature. You are a part of nature. I'm a part of nature. So it's, it's about participating. It's about engaging with life. It's, it's not about perfection. Mm -hmm. Life is at not asking us for perfection. Everything is perfect. Life is asking me to be fully engaged, to participate fully engaged in the moment. And so going out and finding a nature practice, getting in connection to the body and the senses, knowing where your food comes from is a huge practice, allowing yourself to feel and then mirror work, talking to yourself, finding that love for yourself in mirror. Those are five pretty simple yet monumental shifts that can happen in one's life. Yeah, absolutely. So profound. What came up for me is that, you know, I think our society falls into uh, the FOMO state of mind a lot. And I think that that is something that can be abolished so easily with those simple practices that you just, you know, mentioned is that, you know, there is no, there should never be a fear of, you know, missing out or going here or going there, or being somewhere else where you're not because where you're at is where it's at. And now is all that there is and tapping into that I feel and being able to I feel like that practices is just such a you can just deepen your connection with your intuition so much more and like you were saying just listening and being able to 
be that um, person that you needed for your inner child self, you know, to be able to comfort and show up for yourself in the ways that, that you've always needed. But um, yeah, thank you so much for just taking the time to be here. So honored to meet you in person and be able to share the space. And thank you for just sharing all of your wisdom with our listeners. And yeah, I'm so grateful to have you here today. Thank you, Bella. And thanks for doing, doing and having these conversations and helping both men and women get the exposure to this, to all the different individuals, because we're a collective. And when we all remember that we are a part of the whole, that we all have our own unique contribution, we then can remind others, we can invite others and allow others to step into that. And so I'm just honored to be here to be able to share because my journey has helped me to continuously learn how to love and appreciate this life. And I'm here for that. I'm here for that appreciation and love and celebration of life because it's so precious. And so just being able to spend some time with you and to connect with a human who's out in Florida. Thank you so much, Bella. I really appreciate it. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you all so much for being here, for tuning in, for sharing your love with me. I am so honored to receive all of your beautiful reviews and comments. And don't forget to head to the description part of this podcast to check out all of Devin's amazing offerings, including the links to all of his social media pages and more. And I will see you all on the next episode.